Welcome to Hearts and Minds. This is Maura Cassidy. Burnout is a word we're all very familiar with, but what is it? And how can you recognize the symptoms and how can you treat it? And today in our guest podcast series, Dr. Norella Broderick joins us and she's going to talk to us about how to recognize burnout, that are the causes behind it and how to deal with them and when it presents and prevent it the next time. Norella, you're very welcome um, and thank you again for joining us on our podcast series. I should say Norella is one of our regular contributors Um, she's a medical doctor specializing in psychiatry. Thank you very much for joining us, Norella. Thanks for having me, Maura. Delighted to be here again. Super. So listen, first off, what is burnout? You know, we all think we know what it is, but just can I, can I just ask you, is it just a kind of a, a worse form of stress or is it something else? So I wouldn't describe it as a worse form of stress. I think stress can lead to burnout for sure, but I, I guess it's considered a different uh, entity in its own right. Um, I'm going to get a bit nerdy now maybe when I'm defining it. So, okay, you know, uh, pull me back if I'm going, you know, going to make you fall asleep. But um, I suppose a lot of research has been done on burnout in the last maybe 20 or so years. And um, the core definition, uh, at its core, burnout is felt to have three components. So first of all, emotional exhaustion. Second one is depersonalization. And the third one is a decreased sense of personal accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So we can go into those a little bit more if you'd like. Yeah, but those do. are the three core components of burnout in terms of mm-hmm. what's been researched and you know okay. studied. So depersonalization. What's what's what what's what does that look like? So that is essentially when you no longer can muster the empathy that you need for your job. So, for example, particularly, it's often studied in carers, but. Imagine you you can't, you, you don't feel as much empathy as you would have done before for people you're working with, people you're dealing with. Um, you're just not able to bother kind of engaging. You feel almost a little bit callous towards people when that wouldn't be your nature at all. Um, that is essentially what depersonalization, depersonalization means. You're, you're, you're feeling kind of emotionally cut off almost from people and, and you can muster that connection. Mm. So it's not like you've got a short wick or you're just feeling like, you know. You may separately be irritable, but this is mm. different. It's, it's like it's almost gone past that. You can't muster that connection with people. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you'd rather not be with them. You'd rather you do avoidance, you feel, maybe. You, you, you probably find it really draining, maybe, to mm-hmm. be with people who need you to provide some kind of um, empathy or, you know, if you find it hard to be present with people emotionally, as it were. Um, and you, yeah, you probably see yourself being a bit more callous, you know, in, in how you're reacting to people when you'd normally be more empathic, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, What's callous? What does the word callous mean? I suppose it's where you're maybe more cold than, okay. you know, less uh, less empathic, less sympathetic mm. maybe to people mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. you would normally be because you mm-hmm. just can't muster it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Okay, okay. So so somebody's having a hard time. You've run out of steam. Okay. You've run okay. out of steam for, for other people. Okay, okay. You're just trying to self-manage effectively your own your own I think space. so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, then the next... Um, so emotional exhaustion then probably okay. is the next one. Uh, and that is probably explains maybe why you can't muster uh, mm. the energy for other people because you're, you're exhausted, you're feeling exhausted yourself. And that doesn't necessarily have to be uh, physical exhaustion. You know, it's, it's called emotional exhaustion. So it's more you're just tired all the time, not because you've been out for a five-mile run or whatever, but it's because you, you, you're drained by your work, let's say, usually. Um, you wake up in the morning and you're tired. You're tired before you go into work or, or you know, turn on your Zoom meeting these days mm-hmm. or whatever. So um, you're feeling wrecked all the time and you don't have the energy that you used to. Okay. You hear a lot of people over COVID um, talking about the fact that they're just not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously different. 
Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, we were chatting earlier before we came on air and we were wondering whether maybe there's actually quite a bit of burnout um, uh, in the population secondary to uh, COVID and lockdown and so on. But we can talk more about that. But um, the sleeping thing is an interesting phenomenon and the strange dreams. I mean, I I don't think that's been unpacked yet. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, What was going on there with, you know, so many people have described that. But, um, you know, it may be be part of a burnout syndrome. Um, Certainly people are describing an awful lot of fatigue, you know, like physical fatigue, difficulty concentrating in their work and so on. Um, And and uh, feeling exhausted all the time. And, you know, maybe mm. maybe it is uh, part of a, a, COVID, a COVID kind of response. Mm. Okay. And the third symptom? Oh, sorry. Yes. So the third thing was a decreased sense of personal accomplishment. So that is where you just don't feel like you're achieving anything in, with your work. You know, what's the point in doing it? You know, you're not, you know, you're not really getting anywhere with anything. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's certainly not energizing you. It's certainly, mm. you know, you're not engaged. You're not, you know, getting stuck in. Um, so, yeah you're not, you don't feel you're achieving much yourself. Mm-hmm. And as I say, all of those things you hear people talking about, you know, For sure. saying, you know, it's just relentless. Mm-hmm. I just, there's no sense of celebration. There's mm-hmm. no sense of, mm-hmm. you know, markers in, mm-hmm. in the day or in, mm-hmm. the, in the month, you know, one month is as good as the last. Sure. So. Yeah. There is a lot of difficulty at the moment and, um, yeah, absolutely. It may be that the, the current circumstances are, are contributing to mm-hmm. us all feeling, feeling, uh, unusually burnt out. Okay. Now, if you're, if you are, you know, any of our listeners in, listening in, if you are burnt out, you know, or suffering from burnout, you may not be the first person to recognize it in yourself. You That's just, true. You yeah. could, you know, be overly critical or just think or blame it on somebody else. Just think, you know, that's what we tend to do, you know, we can say, well, it's because of this situation or this workplace or this person I'm living with or whatever. So what would you say, you know, how do you know if you have it really? Effectively. So I suppose um, if anybody, you know, recognizes in themselves the sentence that I'm talking about, or if you, you know, a loved one or, or a friend um, seems to be matching this description to you, then that that's probably, you know, there there is a concern. There may be a concern that they are burnt out. So feeling, you know, emotionally exhausted all the time, um, feeling a bit more callous than usual and feeling like you're not achieving anything, you know, if you notice that in yourself, well, then you maybe you have to consider is you know, are you suffering from burnout? Um, or, you know, is your friend or, or loved one suffering from burnout? Um, that That's kind of the core, um, but it would be worth talking through with somebody who knows you well as well, do you know, mm-hmm. um, to, to see what's going on for you. Good sounding board, as it were. Exactly. Um, I suppose to all you'll be grand, it'll be okay if you listen, mm. you know. Or, or, or just ignoring it and, you know, mm-hmm. the way, uh, maybe feeling feeling bad, but not needing to. Is avoidance a thing we do here in this country? Probably probably emotional avoidance is a big thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, in Ireland, for sure. Um, and this is this is something we were chatting about earlier, like maybe how do we go about preventing burnout if we're if we're worried that we might be heading in that direction? Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we were saying earlier about avoidance and emotional avoidance and what what would be a better way to um, to approach things. For example, we've been hearing in the news about how there's been an upsurge in the amount of, say, alcohol people are drinking, and that will be a big avoidance mm-hmm. kind of strategy, do you know? Um, people wanting to avoid how they're feeling. And maybe um, maybe the first step that we could all take uh, to sort of reduce our risk of burnout is actually maybe to just to give ourselves a little bit of space um, in our day, five minutes, to take a step back um, and actually sort of be present with ourselves to see how we are feeling um, so the big thing with um, with emotions is, I guess, um, instead of avoiding them, if we can give them a little bit of space, name what we're feeling, 
accept what we're feeling um, and just just allow it to be that emotion will run its course and you know serve its its purpose and then be gone whereas if we're more inclined to avoid um we're more at risk of uh, the, the the emotion's not going to go away and we're not going to we're not going to solve anything that way do you know mm-hmm. so i think yes um in, in terms of um of maybe how we can make things a little bit better for ourselves um i think step 1 would be you know taking 5 minutes taking a little bit of space in our day um, and, you know, just asking ourselves, checking in with ourselves, how am I feeling? And that's okay, whatever way you're feeling, that's all right, just to allow that feeling to be. Um, and that's that's not avoiding. So that's really that's a really healthy way to to be with yourself and, mm-hmm. and, and manage emotions. Um, and, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of busy people out there saying five minutes in my day, you know, with my Zoom and my kids and whatever. Five, five minutes, you know, just five minutes to maybe do a little bit of breathe, deep breathing and check in with yourselves. Uh, check in with yourself and even if you can do that you know throughout the day when you're taking 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 a moment um that is actually that is going to benefit you and that's going to be really helpful and it's really important that you do that for your own welfare do you know mm-hmm. um even if you you think you should be doing something else mm-hmm. it's actually important to take that time okay so i suppose the first thing is not not to avoid it mm-hmm. um, step into it mm-hmm. acknowledge it accept mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um and then do you do you start looking into okay um, do I need to see what's causing this? So, I- so I guess if if we're if we're if we're talking about kind of how to manage our emotions, um, I suppose it, what is really important is number one, name the emotion. Number two, um, allow it to be there. You know, just say that's fine. I, this is how I feel today. And then the, the next step, exactly as you were saying, is to try to see well where is this coming from. So. Why might I be feeling that way about this situation right now? And that, like, the, I suppose people are often maybe maybe feeling afraid of emotions. That, that can be quite common. And particularly in Ireland, we're not big public displayers of emotion, you know. Um, emotions are neither good nor bad. They're actually more, they're messengers. They, they just tell us information about ourselves, about how we are responding or finding this situation at the moment. Okay, so if you allow that emotion... Um, and, and then you sort of trace it back, as it were, and see, maybe ask yourself, why am I feeling that way? It's going to tell you something about the situation. It's remarkable, actually. Stuff that you might not notice intellectually, as it were, about a situation. Um, and that's going to help you navigate. So then if we come back to, let's say, the burnout problem, it's going to help you navigate the problem. Okay, so so if you try to figure out what is, um, what's, what's causing the emotion, what's bothering you, that's going to give you more information to work with when you're trying to see well, what do I do about this burnout problem? What do I do about this problem that I have now? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <clears throat> so it's, I suppose, embracing our realities. Reality isn't your problem or mine or anybody's problem. It's just the way it is. For sure. And would you say that sometimes because we feel the reality looks so bad to us that we start blaming ourselves for it or other people as it sure. turns out to be? Or just avoiding it and trying to ignore it. But actually, reality, it's just its just the way things are. Um, and step one is kind of just to accept that's the way things are. And then the second step, well, what, do, what can I control? What do I not control? And what can I do about it? What can I do mm-hmm. about the things that are within my control? Okay, so acceptance and change, you do whatever whatever sure, you can do, sure. which of course sometimes isn't a whole pile. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, can I ask, um, 
you know, so there's risk factors, obviously, for people who could potentially be more susceptible mm-hmm. to burnout. Mm-hmm. Okay, COVID is obviously a big one for mm-hmm. the whole population. Mm-hmm. Are there any other things that people should be aware of? Sure. So I suppose these are the things that, that you might end up finding are what is bothering you if you are feeling burnt out, if you know what I mean. So absolutely, there are, there are a number of risk, risk factors that have been found to come up again and again in the literature, in the, in the research into burnout. So first of all, when people are, are overloaded, so that traditional sense of stress, for sure, that's mm-hmm. work overload would be a big one. Um, an interesting one is feeling a lack of control in your job. So sometimes people who are a bit more junior, maybe, who have less control over what they can do or what they're supposed to be doing in their job, can be at high risk for burnout, um, which may uh, initially seem a little bit um, counterintuitive. Um, so in that instance, it's, it's important to see, well, what do I control? What is within my control and what's not, do you know? Because there are always little things within our control, you know, um, even how we are thinking about an issue, do you know, how we're, you know, our outlook on things. Another one would be um, where the empl- or the worker, the employee feels that they're not getting enough recognition and reward. Um, and that's not, it's not, you know, narcissistic or big headed to want, you know, recognition and reward. Everybody needs to to know that they're doing their job well, if they are, you know, um, and getting some positive feedback on what they're doing. So recognition and reward are, you know, very reasonable. Um, so not getting those can be a risk factor as well for burnout. Um and there are a few more things. So maybe if you feel your workplace is unfair, if your workplace is aggressive, there's a lot of, you know, aggression in the workplace. Um, if you don't really sort of, if your values don't gel with those of your em- uh, employer, that those are all problems. Um, but a big one, which is maybe why we see, you know, so much fatigue and uh uh, sort of difficulty during the COVID period. A big one is uh, a big risk factor is a lack of supportive relationships. Mm-hmm. So that could be, I guess, in your own personal life, but also in the workplace. Um, particularly, it's often if your supervisor is not supportive, that can be that can be a big thing. Um, but I suppose with COVID, what we're seeing is people working from home, people working on, t- you know, via Zoom, via technology, and you're missing out in a lot of that interpersonal stuff that you would just, you know, not even notice that you're benefiting from in the office, but just having people around you, you know, that little bit of human contact. So, so, so that supportive interpersonal stuff, um, I think we're probably missing a lot at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is probably quite a big problem, you know, a big risk factor for people, especially these days, um, for, for kind of, for burnout and, and feeling, feeling like that. Um, and there are a few more things that, that can lead to it. So if you yourself are a bit of a worrier, if you're, um, if you tend to be uh, anxious and wanting to control things a lot, and uh, so what, what we might call neurotic, if that's your, your kind of personality at baseline, well, then you're probably at higher risk of burnout. And the other kind of big one is if you've had a negative life event, so a negative, you know, a big, uh, tragedy or trauma in the last year that's often uh, that's associated with the development of burnout and we could say that actually have we not all had uh, you know a big event in the last mm-hmm. year locked down you know for for most of it um is certainly a big uh, life event so yeah i mean i think probably it's not that surprising that that people are describing fatigue and, you know, feeling uh, cut off from things and, you know, feeling that they're, you know, not achieving very much. Actually, it kind of makes sense when you go Mm. through, you know, what's going on for for the world Mm -hmm. at the moment. I think as well, I was saying to you that I was listening to somebody, a commentator during the week, and his comment was, he said that um, 
as human beings, our, so much of our coping mechanisms are interpersonal. Mm-hmm, like we, we sure. support each other. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's why he, he said as a psychiatrist, he said that he felt social distancing was so toxic. Mm. Now, obviously it's necessary, but sure. very toxic. So it does mm. have an impact. Absolutely. You know, um, you mentioned there that thing of relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, how can burnout affect our relationships? That's a, that's a good question. I suppose it's going to affect people differently. I guess what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of pressure, isn't it, on relationships when everybody is um, at home so much of the time and, you know, I guess in a, a people are getting cabin fever, as it were. Um, so, so that's maybe a slightly different uh, concept but uh, to the kind of work burnout that I've been talking about. But um, I think some of the same... Um, some of the same, you know, issues still come up there. So, for example, I think in a relationship, if you don't have that connection, that emotional connection, so you know that supportiveness, as it were, you know, um, you you know, you're going to grow apart from each other, and the relationship will become more more difficult. Do you know? So, I mean, I I imagine that if people are able to consciously try to make a connection with that other person you know, mm. the, uh, um, in with, that they're in a relationship with, but they're worried about that relationship. Um, a sort of a conscious effort um, and intentional connection, I think that's that's really important. And that may just be taking a bit of time, stepping back from all the other stresses of life, you know, and, and you know, intentionally giving a little bit of time to that person um, to, to try to make that connection. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and also maybe, you know, giving not only the other person, but also yourself a little bit of um, giving yourselves a break, I guess, you know, in the sense of um, going easy on yourself. Like we're mm-hmm. in very unusual times, you know, times of, as it were, high stress, you know, when people are not themselves, you know, when they're under mm-hmm. stress and they're under pressure and um, everybody's going to react to that differently. So, you know, it's probably not uh, a time to be taking, you know, big life decisions if possible. You know, it's it's maybe maybe trying to um, trying to give give ourselves a break, as it were, yeah, and uh, and try to you know um, see if we can make a connection and get through mm-hmm. this difficult period. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not sure you, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And I suppose, as you say, it's hard when you're living with people all the time to think on top of it now. I have to be intentional about my connection. Sure. You know, we're living from home. You were sure. officially my workmate. Sure, you were helping me bring up the children, or you were my housemate, or whatever it is. Uh-huh. So now I have to reach out to you and have a conversation about something that's not related to any of the things we've been fighting about all morning. So sure. it sometimes feels a little bit of a um, an extra. But as you say, it's it's so important, isn't it, to find that space it's away huge. from those stresses where you can actually just genuinely try to enjoy each other and appreciate each other outside mm-hmm. the, the stress points. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah. And it may seem weird if, you know, because you are with a person the whole time, but actually that, that I, I think it probably is happening where we're, we're sort of drifting along side by side with people maybe that we live with and actually not connecting with them because mm. of everything that's going on and actually maybe maybe focusing back in on that intentionally mm. might um, might be, you know, really, really beneficial. It's funny you say that because I, I, was, I was chatting to a couple the other day and they were saying, Saying the most exciting thing that happened to them in the 5K, you know, when there was no schools, you know, the school kids weren't going to school was they had to go to the, the garage to get the car fixed. The mm-hmm. two of them had to go and the kids were slagging them going, oh, that's so exciting. But 
And they were going, yeah, that's it, you know. And I, they were just commenting, well, let's bring a picnic or let's do something just a little bit special, you know, For because sure. they had spent so little special time together. For sure. And I thought, wow, that's 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 a way to look at it. The other thing, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the book, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, but um, it's just interesting even sometimes to look at how men and women connect. I sure. find it fascinating. But the author, John Gray, talks about the fact that um, when a man listens to a woman's feelings, you know, without getting angry and frustrated, he's giving her a gift mm-hmm. in a sense and that, you know, men feel motivated when they feel needed while women feel motivated when they feel cherished. I don't know mm-hmm. what you think about any of that, but I just think it's sometimes interesting to notice how we, you know, we all we all need different things and sometimes it's to tune into what that other person needs mm-hmm. as opposed to how I think I think what she needs or he needs mm-hmm. or the housemate needs. That's really, that's a really interesting point. Um, my first reaction when you mentioned that, Maura, was, and you can edit this part out if you want, um, you, maybe you're showing your age by telling by telling us this book. <laughs> it's been around for a while. I know, I know. But it's, but no, I it just is. rediscovered it and I yeah, just find, oh my God. It's, it's really interesting. It is what you're saying. Um, uh, yeah, people can, and I suppose people are different, but in general, you probably, he probably is right. Um, um, uh, yeah, I suppose, um, just making space for the other person, mm. you know, um, whatever way they need that to be. That that's mm. probably hard to. Um, that's not very specific, rather. It's not mm. very, you know. Um, but yeah, just making a little bit of space and giving your attention to the other person, mm. which is kind of being present with them, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, mm. That is probably where where you need, you know, where it would be good to start, mm-hmm. um, and then. Uh, you know, see how things go from there. And as you say, maybe you need to be very kind of straightforward about that, saying, you know, saying a couple, you know, literally saying, look, we need to actually start listening to each other more. Not that we're bad people, mm-hmm. it's okay, don't mm-hmm. get upset, but we both have needs. Because mm-hmm. I have heard couples talk about the fact that we're talking across purposes. Like he's mm-hmm. telling her all about all the detail of his golf clubs mm-hmm. and she's talking about the seedlings that she has in the flower pot mm-hmm. and neither of them are hearing each other. And sure. it's quite funny. Yeah. But it's it's maybe the pre-conversation is... Listen, hon, t- you know, let t- let's talk about the golf, and okay, and you need to hear about my seedlings. You sure, know, as simple as that. Sure, yeah, to to yeah. So you're both on the same page about that need to be kind of intentional with each other, for sure. That makes sense. How can um? Okay, I suppose you've you've talked about a lot of things there about um the causes, the risk factors, what we need in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we prevent it? Is there anything you'd add there, Norella, in terms of preventing burnout? Sure. I suppose. So what I was thinking about that was that, um, you know, if you're worried that you are heading in that direction and things are getting a little bit on top of you, I think taking that that little bit of time for yourself is super important. Um, and even if it's five minutes where you, you know, that's all you can get during the day, you check in with yourself um, you're, you know, breathing deeply, just relaxing out of whatever is going on. Uh, during your day, um, I think that's going to be the first step to not being overwhelmed by everything that's going on. Um, and then that's what that's what I was talking about earlier, trying to you know tune into your emotions and what's going on, and you know um, what what are you feeling about things. Um, but yeah, so that would be my first uh, my first piece of advice is just to take a step back during the day at some point every day, even if it's just for a short period, whether it's you know uh, deep breathing or if you do kind of meditation or you, if you're a religious person and you do some time of prayer, you know, 
I think whatever works for you, um, but you need a little bit of time during your day to to let go of everything that's going on uh, and everything that's kind of you know stressing you out, as it were, um, at the moment. So that would be that would be step one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is we've been talking a lot about how that human connection is really important, um, and a lot of that is are the protective factors as well. You know, connections are are, are you know the things kind of thing that protect you from burnout. So intentionally fostering connections. So whether it's with your partner or people you live with or friends, whether you can only, you know, do Zoom calls with them or do telephone calls, or maybe you can meet them for a socially distanced walk or whatever. But being intentional intentional about maintaining connections mm-hmm. is super important. And then there's all the basic stuff that we all know, but maybe we forget about and don't focus on. So it's having a healthy diet, um, not drinking too much alcohol. It's easy to forget that, you know, at the moment uh, when we're all stuck at home, but it does impact on your mood, on your levels of anxiety. It physically, you know, depletes serotonin in the brain and leads to increased anxiety directly and decreased mood. So not having too much alcohol, taking some exercise um, and um, that all that stuff that we know, mm. that that lifestyle stuff that we all know, but is is easy to forget. Um, it, it has a huge impact making sure you're getting enough nutrients. Do you know what I mean? Enough vitamins, uh, mm. you know. So, um, so yeah, so those are my things. So take mm. some time out, um, foster connections with friends and family. And um, yeah, lifestyle. So healthy diet and take some exercise. <laughs> and I suppose, would you also say that even... I suppose in the summer, you know, the vaccines are being rolled out and all of that. But then you'll always hear the sort of the semi-bad news. Okay, we're not India. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of our listeners mm-hmm. are in India, but sure. we're here in Ireland. And obviously we have a much, you know, thankfully a much healthier situation, you know, by a long shot. But um, in terms of just the fact that there is good news stories out there, like the vaccines are being rolled out, mm-hmm. there are restrictions are being sort of, you know, minimized, eased, mm-hmm. eased a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, I get the sense sometimes people, we lack imagination. We can't imagine it being different. We've got so used to the 5K, mm-hmm. the social distancing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a case of giving ourselves permission to actually believe this is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We won't always be under the specter of COVID-19, notwithstanding all the the the, the voices that would suggest otherwise. Sure. We'll just have to learn to live with it. Sure. And it'll be like people have learned to live with things before. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that's all true, you know, not to be dragged down and dragged into that negative news cycle and, you know, let that bother you. But I actually, I would even say maybe we can take a step back from all of that, um, you know, worrying about the future and COVID and when's it going to be gone. Actually, let's just focus on today. I know that that probably sounds a bit reductionist, but it's not really. I mean, if people are anxious, which people are, everyone is anxious since COVID, you know, because we, we don't, because of the uncertainty, we don't know when things are going to open up, what's going to happen. So in any time of anxiety like that, personal or, you know, population-wide, actually let's reduce the amount of time that we're thinking about. Let's mm. reduce the time span that we're focusing on. Um, you know, one day at a time, baby steps. So today mm. is a beautiful day outside as I look outside. Uh, you know, it stopped mm. raining. <laughs> um, I'm not sick. <laughs> uh, and my, my you know, friends and family and so on. So let's, let's reduce down that amount of time that we're focusing on and um, take like baby steps, you mm-hmm. know, um, and that hopefully will help us get through things day mm-hmm. by day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you say, maybe reduce the sort of intake of the negative news. For sure, yeah. If we're focusing on that all the time, clearly it's going to, it would wreck your for head. For sure. Certainly. Listen, thanks a million for that, Norella. Is there any, are there any resources? Any, maybe we'll, we, we will share those at the end of the podcast. Sure. Um, um, once we put it up. But um, I just want to say thank you very much for joining us You're, very, you're more than welcome. 
And um, thank you, listeners, for, for listening in, as always. And as always, asking you just to give us your feedback, any suggested topics that you would like us to cover, because we're working through them. I'm always delighted to hear from you. Um, and, and look forward to, to talking and listening um, to another guest podcast soon again. Take care. Thank you.